Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Roman League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, a look back at the week five loss of the Tennessee Titans. It was a game the commanders had an opportunity to win at the end, but failed to do so. And now are a lowly one and four in the basement of the NFC East, looking up at the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles. They need to win the worst way. Preview the week six, thir- week six Thursday night matchup versus the Chicago Bears. The Bears are two and three and are looking to get back to 500 against Washington. I'm sure they're looking at it as a chance to get a win and, like I said, get back to 500 for a team that's a young team, kind of a little less on talent, but they, they fight, and that's all you can ask for for a team um, that, that is you know, that inexperience. A lot to get to, so let's get started. All right, obviously you got Carson's up and downs. You know, Carson obviously had some really good moments in the beginning of the game. Um, you know, throughout the game, really made some great throws. The two touchdown passes, Yami Brown, are two throws that, you know, not many quarterbacks can make, or at least quarterbacks in recent Commander's history can make. Um, hit De'Ami Brown a stride. That's what we wanted to see from De'Ami since they drafted him last year in the third round. He's a deep threat, hasn't really had a chance to showcase that, whether it be injuries, playing time, or just really lack of talent at the quarterback to get the ball down the field. Um, you know, Carson made some good throws there. Um, was pretty good for the decisions most part. Obviously, he had some knucklehead ones thrown away and stuff throughout the game. Obviously, I'll get to the last drive where we know he messed up. Um, Offensive line is doing him no favors. Andrew Norwell was horrible. Um, you know, he doesn't get much time. He, I think he's first in the league in sacks or second. He has 20 sacks, some on him, some on his line. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that just – he needs almost everything around him to be at least above average for him to be a successful quarterback. And he's a good offensive line. He's weapons. He's a good run game. And right now, Washington's not setting him up for success because they don't really have those things. The last drive, the last sequence of plays are good at that. Also, play calling has been great. I mean, I don't understand the play calling in the first and goal situation through the third and goal situation on the, at the end of the game with the two-yard line. You know, you could have run the ball on first down and spiked to get back to the line. A lot of in-breaking routes exactly where the middle of the defense is, obviously, linebackers, safeties. I don't know why there are not any out-breaking routes. He could have been intercepted on first and goal and the second and goal. Obviously, the third goal is where he actually was intercepted, intercepted but, you know, bad bad decisions by him. The throwaway in that second down, I think it was either second or first and goal, where he barely got out of pounds. There was no receiver in the area and could have been a pick the way to end the game. But luckily, you know, just just was out of bounds before uh, the Tennessee defender was able to, you know, catch it. But he's just a guy that, you know, he's going to have plays like that that make you scratch your head. He's not a perfect quarterback. At his best, he's a really good quarterback. At his absolute best. At his worst, he's a very bad quarterback. So that is what this team is, you know, dealing with. They don't really have any other options. I know the calls for Heineke. They know what Heineke is. There's no really reason to go to him. If they're going to make a change, it should be to Sam Howe because at least you don't know what you have in him yet. I don't think he's a starting um, NFL quarterback, but I could be wrong. But I think he's a very good backup, but at least let him get some playing time. If the seasons continue to spiral out of control and dwindle, you have to take Carson out because I think if he hits, if he hits the 75% play uh, threshold, if he plays 75% of the plays, Indianapolis gets a second-round pick instead of a third-round pick from Washington. So purely business, if they're out of it, and even if Carson's playing okay, they got to put Howell or even Heineke in, I guess, at that point, just to save a round of a draft pick there. Uh, they're not at that point yet. 
there's still, a, I guess, a small chance they turn around this season. So, you, you, we're, again, we're not there yet. But that's something to consider once we get to the halfway point, three-quarters of the season waypoint, um, to make that decision. Um, but right now they're trying to win ball games as they should. And Carson, I still believe, gives them the best shot to do that because he's going to put them in position to make plays and win, but he's also going to make them put in position to lose. To be successful, he has to have more run game. I know it hasn't been there, but at least commit to it. I think they ran the ball 10 times or something like that. Maybe with Brian Robinson Jr. back, Scott will finally commit to it. Dallas game is really when he should have because it was working and he went away from it and they lost the game. You know, obviously there were some penalties by Carson. Carson's worst game probably was the Dallas game or even the Philly game. He had really, really bad back-to-back weeks. Tennessee was a better game till the end. Um, so, I mean, again, just he needs everything around him to be at least adequate for him to be a good NFL quarterback, and that's not the case right now. They're setting him up for failure at that point. Um, but it is what it is. Horrible offensive line, like I said. Nora was you know, putrid. Nick Martin was pretty iffy at best. I thought Sadie Charles did pretty well for Trey Turner. He's better than Trey Turner at this point. If Trey Turner's career, Cornelius Lucas had up on the right side for the most part playing for Cosme. And Leno was definitely playing through an energy, but he's still, you know, a good left tackle. Um, he's better than what they have. Anyone else they could throw out there, even injured. They need to run the ball, like I said. They need to commit to Gibson or Robinson or even Jaden because it's someone to get them some carries because those guys – as a three-headed monster, if they finally commit to the run, Alvis line is going to be better at run blocking than pass blocking. At least they'll be set up for the pass game more if the run is effective because play action is not going to work if they're not running one and two if it's not effective. So I know they run play action a good amount. Scott likes to, and that's great. I think play action is great. But if you're not running enough or if you're not running well enough, the defense isn't going to fall for any play action fakes. So that needs to be the precedent to set up play action down the field. Next thing is I have no idea why Terry McLaurin's not getting the ball. I, at least in the first half, I mean, I guess he ended up with five catches, 76 yards, but only one or two targets again in the first half. That, it doesn't make any sense. You could scheme him even if it's screenplays, quick quick scrants. I mean, the same stuff they're doing for Curtis Samuel they could do for Terry McLaurin. I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense for me. Curtis Samuel is far and away the a leading receptioner, leading reception player on this uh, team. And I, I really like Curtis. I'm glad that he's healthy and is able to get the ball. Um, but Terry still is the best player on this team, at least offensively. And if not overall, you know, right up there with Jonathan Allen, and, um, Chase Young, and uh, Monte Sweat at, the, at his best. So I don't understand. I, I honestly just don't know what to say. I don't know why Terry doesn't get the ball. I mean, Terry is the best playmaker on this team. You saw when he got the ball in his hands, he broke four tackles on one play, made a nice play at another play to get the first down. I think it was on a second and 10 where he eluded the defender and got up the field. Like, the dude needs the ball. Like, I don't understand. I just, I don't mean to get on a soapbox here. I just don't understand why he's not getting the ball. They paid him like the number one receiver that he is. He's the number one receiver for this team. I like that they have weapons now to go along with him and Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, and even Deion Brown stepping up. But he needs to get the ball. And there's no excuse for it. Every other number one receiver in the league is getting force-fed the ball, and Terry's not. So, I mean, Justin Jefferson had 10 catches in the first half last week against Minnesota. Excuse me, yeah, against uh, Chicago. There's no reason Terry can't get that same same kind of volume because Minnesota has other weapons and he's still getting the ball. I mean, Adam Hillen's still a very good receiver. Um, they have Dalvin Cook, you know, obviously in the backfield. So it, they can't make the excuse they got to spread the ball around. That you still get your best players the ball regardless. Deami Brown, I'm really happy to see him make a nice you know, two nice plays. That one-handed catch for a second touchdown was an absolute beauty um, to hold on to the ball and a great throw by Carson. I've always known Deami to have the talent. He didn't have a good rookie year based off injuries and just pure inexperience. But um, he took advantage of the opportunity on Sunday. Jahan Dotson was out. De'Ami Brown got the start. He had a great game. He was exactly what I thought he could be coming at UNC in that deep threat. 
Um, he's, I think he's going to get another opportunity on Thursday based off of Jahan's hamstring injury. I doubt he's going to play on Thursday on the quick week. So maybe Deion Brown can be another you know big play threat on Thursday against Chicago. Defensive line was awesome. They've been awesome the last couple weeks. I think firing Sam Mills back at training camp was a great move because it's really helped out. And defensive line is playing as one unit. Obviously, that's the most talented unit on the team with Sweat, Allen, Payne, and Chase when he's healthy. So they were great. Devon Sweat has the greatest game of the year by far. Actually, I mean, he absolutely bulldozed uh, Daly in, into the uh, to the ground on that one pancake, really pancake from a defender to get that sack. Um, and he was a stud. And he could have a third sack if, you know, most of the time they blow that whistle dead when, you know, he's in the grass when Tannehill was in Montez's grass, but they didn't. He was able to throw the ball, get the first down. That was a backbreaker. But either way, Montez was a stud, and I was really, really happy to see that. Uh, I hope that's the way he plays going forward. I thought Jamie Davis is getting better at linebacker. Um, He's playing really well, uh, definitely better than he was his rookie year and even the first game of the year when he got criticized by Jack Del Rio. Glad to see that development. He leads the team in sacks with three. Definitely is an effective blitzer from that middle linebacker position. Um, William Jackson III was benched. He said it was because of injury. Seems like Ron and Del Rio made it seem like for performance. No, there's no secret he hasn't played well this year. Maybe it is the pack. But, you know, it's really sad to see when your second highest paid player is getting benched for performance. So that's turned into a you know bad free agent signing one in Ron's regime. He's had a pretty you know, bad record when it's come to free agents and guys that he's picked. Um, and William Jackson III looks like he might be, um, you know, definitely a mistake right now at corner. I also don't put it all on him. This isn't the system that he played in Cincinnati. He's a man corner. They don't play a lot of man here, so he's not set up for success. But that's something you got to consider when you sign him. If you know you don't run a system that a player is good at, why the heck would you sign him? So you know, it's not just William Jackson III's fault. I think it's just really personnel-wise, why did you sign a guy you know that doesn't fit your scheme? Um, they brought in Rashad Wild Goose to play in the slot and move St. Juice outside when they benched William Jackson. Wild Goose played a lot better than he did against Philly a few weeks back, so that's good to see for him. I guess at this point, if they're going to just see what they got in guys, then Wild Goose should get some more reps, especially being a young player, second-year player. Um, I think it was a former six-round pick. Season definitely is in shambles. I know Ron said that he's not um, – it's not panic time, but it's a sense of urgency, which I think is BS. It is panic time. They shouldn't be one and four. Three games out of the second place in the division, um, it's not looking good. So Chicago is a must win by every intents and purposes. They have to win. If they don't, the changes you know, eventually should be made. I don't know if it's that week, whether it's Carson, whether it's Scott Turner. Over, I don't think they will, but like it just they can't, they can't lose to Chicago just because they're, they're definitely – Chicago's an inferior opponent to Washington. Washington isn't a good team, but talent-wise, they – are not even on the same level um, Chicago is as, as of Washington. Looking just at Ron Rivera's comments on Carson Wentz on Monday, where you know they asked him the difference between them and the rest of the division, he quickly said quarterback. He's getting a lot of backlash from it on ESPN, whether it's from Alex Smith and other guys. It, it was a dumb comment. Like, I mean, I know eventually he explained it and basically said that, you know, it's because, you know, Carson's first year here, they got to build around him and all that, and that's why, but... I mean, it's not it's not all in quarterback. Like Ron is kind of deflecting now. I've been more uh, kind of shifty with the media. I mean, maybe don't sign a corner that doesn't fit your system, or bring in a guy like Bob McCain who hasn't played that well. Bring in everyone from Carolina that you ever known, whether it's Norwell replacing Eric Flowers, which was a stupid mistake. Letting Sheriff go, who was you know an All Pro guard. You know, you can't put everything on the quarterback, and you picked Carson, so. Uh, if he's going to keep making comments like this, I'm sure it's going to make the team sour on him because you can't throw guys under the bus like that. So 
I, I understand this to an extent what he was trying to say. They're still trying to build around him. They need Carson to play better. They need to give him some time, and I do agree with that. But, like, to have that quick of a response to it was just not a not a good look. So um, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Carson responds. We know he seems to be more on the um, sensitive side. Not that this is a bad thing, you know, going back to the Philly days. So let's see how he responds to it, especially after all offseason. Ron's like, oh, this is the guy we wanted. We handpicked him, blah, blah, blah. The quick, you know, kind of say that about him five weeks in the season is a really, really quick turnaround. So um, it's, it is what it is. But, you know, Ron, I think it's starting to feel that he, as he should. He's not, I mean, he has three winning seasons and 10 seasons. By, if you go off his record, he's not a good coach. So, um, you know, he's only going to last here just because of an unstable organization, unstable owner. If there was any semblance of a quality run organization, Ron would definitely be on the hot seat and be out the door pretty quickly just like Matt Rule was in Carolina but Ron's a very good guy he's a very good guy to have in your organization just maybe not as a head coach and definitely definitely not as a head of your personnel so I think Ron's going to last the season if not into next season just because who is Dan or whoever the heck's going to be in charge is going to hire who's going to want to come here at least Ron is an adequate human being and an adult even though he's a bad coach I just don't know who they would be able to get so I think fans are going to be stuck with Ron and that it is what it is, and you know, hopefully they turn it around. Obviously, the team in the second half are a lot better than the first half, which is, I guess, good, but it just still baffles me why, if you could play better in the second half, why can't you do it in the first half? If you put together a whole season, you don't have to go on a five- or six-win win streak just to put yourself back into contention. So he hasn't started fast in three years here, and if he gets a fourth year, I doubt he'll start fast again next year. Um, moving on to the Bears game, you got their defense. A couple of free agent signings on our defense line. Um, they got Alquidin, Muhammad, um, Angelo Blackson, Justin Jones was a signing from the 49ers. A pretty good pickup for them so far as two sacks. Robert Quinn's a great edge player. He had, I think, almost 20 sacks or over 20 sacks last year for them. Um, linebackers, Matthew Adams, when they go through linebackers, so he doesn't play a lot, but Roquan Smith is their, you know, probably best defensive player. And their stud at linebacker, Nick Morrow, signing from the Raiders is the other linebacker. Uh, Corner-wise, only Jalen Johnson might be out again. He is their best corner by far and away, so it would be a huge boon for the Washington if he's not playing. Kyler Gordon, the second-round pick from Washington, is other starting corner. Kendall Villador is in the slot. Jalen Jones is going to get some reps if Jalen Johnson is out. Safety-wise, I really like their safety. Eddie Jackson has been a really good safety for you know, a good amount of time now, former Alabama Crimson Tide player. And then Jaquan Brisker, another second-round pick coming from Penn State. It's a guy I really liked. I was hoping Washington would pick him over Fidarian Mathis, but obviously they went with Fidarian Mathis instead. So... Um, Brisker's a guy that's showed really well these first four or five games for Chicago, and I think he's going to continue to get better for them and be a really solid uh, tandem with Eddie Jackson. Uh, the commander's offense should have no problem making plays against this defense. Um, this is one of the least talented rosters in the NFL, if not the least talented. Like I said, they have some good pieces with J- Jackson, Brisker, Roquan, Robert Quinn on defense, but this team should be able to handle them. Um, I think Leno and uh, Lucas will be able to be okay, the former two former Bears themselves, um, against Robert Quinn and Muhammad on the edge. Um, but Quinn, I'm sure can make some, he will be able to make some plays, but um, you know, hopefully Washington can hold their own for the most part, even though the office line is pretty bad. Like I said, Rokon Smith is a stud. Um, he do it all. Silent to silent ability has good hands, too, for the most part. Interception a few weeks ago. Great, great football intelligence. Um, but um, you know, they definitely had to account for him in the run game. But I think, again, their bang-up inexperienced secondary will be huge for Washington. Carson should be able to get what he wants. Terry Curtis and Yami should have a good day. Um, this could be another 300-yard passing day easily just based off you know Chicago's personnel. Run the ball just to take the pressure off Carson, get some offensive line, some confidence, get this run game some confidence. 
this should be a get-right game for them. They are better than Chicago Bears. Doesn't mean they'll win just because of the way they play, but they are very a lot more talented than Chicago. There's no reason they shouldn't score 20 to 38 points. It's going to be 20 to 38 points. Um, moving to the Bears' offense, the offensive line is very inexperienced and not that great. Braxton Jones at left tackle, Jets uh, Jets Carter at left guard, Lucas Patrick at center, Tevin Jenkins at right guard, Larry Borm at right tackle. Um, they're a very young group. They're getting better, but they're still not great. Washington defensive line should have no problems getting to Justin Fields. Um, obviously, their weapon guys, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert at running back, Darnell Mooney, and Kodemia St. Brown, Nate Pennis, uh, the rookie, Billis Jones from Tennessee. Those are their top four receivers. Nikhil Harry was activated off IRR this week, so he's another guy that's probably going to get some reps for them, a former first-round pick of the Patriots. Um, Darnell Mooney is their leading receiver. He has 10 catches, 173 yards. They played five games, and their leading receiver has 10 catches and 173 yards. So they don't throw the ball. Justin Fields is 49-88. 88 pass times in five games is crazy in the NFL. He has 679 passing yards, three touchdowns and four interceptions. But he does have 194 yards rushing, so Washington definitely has to account for him in the run game. David Montgomery missed the game, but he still has 179 rushing yards on touchdown. And Khalil Herbert, the former Jinta Koki, has 238 rushing yards and three touchdowns um, in this young season so far. They're going to run the ball. Um, defensive line should dominate again. They have, they've been doing it for the last three or four weeks. Though he should have no problem going against the Bears offensive line, who is not you know one of the worst in the NFL. D-line's been playing great. I expect it to continue on Thursday. Again, Chicago really doesn't have any pass game, one, based off of weapons, and two, they just don't do it very much. They have to neutralize the run game to win this game. They have to, you know, keep an eye on Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Justin Fields. That is going to be what Chicago does to win the game. The two games they won is because they run it and run it effectively. Um, we're going to William Jackson third is bench on Thursday. If they go with St. Juice on the outside and Wild Gooston inside, or even be, bring Derek Forrest in more to play the Buffalo nickel. Uh, I think that would be the smart move to bring Forrest in, especially because they're going to run the game, run the ball a lot. Forrest is good against the run. Uh, I really think this defense should have no problem with their offense and this team in general. Um, if they can slow down the run, which I expect them to do, Justin Fields won't beat them. He's not there yet. I still think he's a talented quarterback, but they are not setting him up for um, success in Chicago. They didn't really, really put any more assets off his line. They put no assets to the receiver. Ryan Pace is failing Justin Fields at this time. I know he doesn't look good, but he has nothing around him. So can't really, you know, evaluate Justin Fields until they get him more weapons. And Washington should take advantage of that this week. There's really no excuse to lose. Washington cannot lose this game. If they lose this game, like I said, I think changes should be made. Don't think they will, but they should be. I have the Commanders winning 24-10. to That's a two-touchdown um, victory. Maybe I'm... I just, I just don't see how they could lose this game. I've picked them to win every year, every week this year so far, except the Philly game. And obviously, I've been wrong four times. So hopefully, they should me right this week. Fantasy-wise, you got running back Kenneth Walker third from Seattle. He is now the RB1 in Seattle after Shaw Penny broke his leg. He had eight carries, 88 yards on a touchdown last week, and a 69-yard touchdown against the Cardinals. Excuse me, um, last week. And now they play against the Saints. Now they play the Cardinals this week. He's a guy to you know, pick up right away because he's going to be – Number one running back in a very run heavy bay offense for the most part. You got the Broncos running back Mike Boone. He had 10 touches last week and 85 yards against the Colts. They have the Chargers this week on Monday Night Football. Melvin Gordon is a running back one there after Javante Williams towards ACL, but Mike Boone's a guy to have to handcuff Gordon and maybe someone that eventually takes more carries away from Gordon if Gordon fumble issues continue. Then the Patriot receiver Jacoby Myers. He had a really good game last week. Seven catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Has a good rapport with Billy Zappi. Um, against the Lions, and then they have the Browns this week. Another guy to consider off the waiver wire. Colts receiver, rookie receiver, Alec Pierce, second-round pick. Big, fast, um, big height-weight speed guy coming out of Cincinnati. 6'4", ran a 4'4". Eight catches, 91 yards last week against Denver. 
They have the Jaguars again this week after they played them a few weeks ago. Pierce is the guy to consider, especially as the rising number two receiver in that offense. Then you have the Cardinal receiver, Rodnell Moore. He's finally healthy. He had seven catches and 68 yards last week against Philly. They have the Seahawks this week. Um, he's one of the top options in that offense with DeAndre Hopkins still out on suspension. But Moore is a guy they, they like to kind of use him like the way that Curtis Samuel gets used in Washington. Really like him at Purdue. All, you know, all around playmaker can do everything, return punts, run out of the backfield, out of the slot. Uh, so I think the Cardinals are going to start using him more as he, you know, continues to get healthy. And lastly, you have the Saints tight end slash quarterback, and this is really big for fantasy because you can play him at tight end considering he's tight end in such a bad position in fantasy right now. Taysom Mill had nine carries, 112 yards, and three touchdowns last week for the Saints, basically playing as a walk at quarterback. They have the Bengals this week. If you could sign him and put a tight end, that'd be a great move considering, like I said, tight end is a very um, empty position right now in fantasy. Well, with that, that includes Roman League episode. The Commanders have lost four in a row, and their season is now on my support. A win this week would at least be a step in the right direction going forward. If they lose, everything and everyone needs to be reevaluated. I'll be back next week looking back at the Bears game and previewing the Week 7 matchup home against the Green Bay Packers. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at League underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.